What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Heroes for Sale podcast. I am your host, Adam. On today's episode, I wanted to go over a topic that came across my timeline the other day that I thought was kind of interesting. So Steve Slonen is the president of PSA, and he posted on his Instagram that the he posted to the top 10 list of submitted players in January. Now, I didn't know how I wanted to go about making this piece of content because I didn't know if I wanted to write about it or if I wanted to go through go over it on the podcast. And I figured going over it on the podcast probably makes more sense because I can probably it's a little bit of a longer form and I kind of have some more I have more thoughts on kind of the list and looking at it and seeing some of these names. Some of them are surprising, some of them are not surprising, some of them I have some thoughts on, so I'll just get started here. So at number 10, we have Trey Young. I wasn't super surprised with Trey be Trey Young being on the list. Like basically there's there's four, there's five basketball players, four of them from now, and then one of them I'll get into at number eight a little bit later. But you had Trey Young, J John Morant, uh, Zion, and Luca. And I mean those all names make sense because they're probably the four most popular players in the hobby right now. So Trey Young being on that list makes a lot of sense. Um, I kind of expect him to be a little bit higher, but at the same time, it's like I think you look at some of the other names on the list and you can see why you can probably see why some of these names aren't or see why the names are in the order that they're in. So at number nine, you have Juan Soto. Now, I am surprised that he's on the list and not someone like. Um, like maybe Glaber Torres or, I mean, let's see, who are some other baseball? Like Shoyo Tani, I feel like could have been high on this list. Maybe they their popularity isn't as high. And I mean, coming off the World Series, this is and this is just in January too. So this isn't through the off season for baseball because I feel like if we're talking full off season for baseball, Juan Soto is probably a little bit higher. Uh, I don't know. I, this is just something. He, usually he doesn't post. I don't think I'm looking through the timeline yet. Usually he doesn't post this, so it's just interesting to see um, some who who made this list and kind of who are the who are the collectors sending in to get graded and who are people sending in to get graded. Now number eight is where it does get a little bit interesting. Uh, it is Michael Jordan. So I would say if you're buying Michael Jordan. You're going. I would say you're probably better off buying a low graded card rather than a raw card, because I have said so. I've said this in the past about other players, and I said this about like Zion and kind of like Luca and stuff like that. But like, if you're buying a raw card, there's probably a reason why it wasn't sent in to get graded. Um, I'm not 100% sure what would have led to Michael Jordan getting so many grades. I think it's just a, it's a testament to him as a player and like that. I don't know how many, I don't know what the percentage of graded versus ungraded cards out there are in the world, but I feel like it's, it's gotta be close to either 50, 50 or like, there's gotta be so many graded. It just feels like, um, with Jordan that if you grade anything, it then gives it a little bit more value at least. I think even uh, even if it's like a fifth or sixth year card, like I know that there was a there's a market for second, third, and fourth year cards. I had a post like a few months ago, kind of breaking down the pricing, and there is like an incremental decrease in the price, and that makes sense. It's, sim it's sort of similar to Mike Trout. Mike Trout after the third or fourth year kind of dies off a little bit quicker than Michael Jordan's did, uh, but. 
but you, you look at the overall value of these Jordan cards. And also, I think the fact that they're older, people want to get them authenticated, even if you're not getting a high grade on them. The fact that it's authenticated, I think, is a big deal because I, I wouldn't say that there, I've seen a lot of counterfeiting, but it feels like they're, it feels like with a card like that, somebody who is willing to counterfeit cards, and I understand that's, mo that's probably the most iconic card in basketball, maybe even in sports, but at the same time, like, if you're a counterfeiter, that's almost, it almost feels like that's the card that you would want because it has the most, not the most value, but it has the most value for, like, a base card, and it just feels like it, maybe it's a challenge if you're a counterfeiter. Like, can I, can I get this? Um, also, if, if, you're, if you're selling the cards, I don't think people are super in tune. Not like in tune, but I guess if, maybe if you're buying Jordan cards, you, you've you done a little bit of research on like fake cards and like how to tell if it's a fake. So that way you're making sure that you're not buying a fake card thinking that it's real. Uh, but obviously that doesn't... Even PSA sometimes gets tricked. And I'd say 99% of the time you're safe, but like... Some I'd say there's probably like a one percent chance that sometimes PSA can even get tricked by counterfeit and fake cards. Uh, so now on to number seven, you have Ja Morant, which that also makes a lot of sense. Uh, if you look at the uh, once, you'll see once we're going down the rest of this that I would say I would say the reason why these other names are probably higher on the list is because there's more cards other than number two, which I think at I think you probably know who I'm going to be. Zion is on the list in this top six, and he's closer down. Um, but there's just more cards to get graded, so I could see that being a reason why John Morant wasn't as high on this list. I could also see, like, when Prism first came out, it was interesting because his cards were around $20 before they really kind of spiked, which I thought was interesting because I thought I liked Ja a lot, and I didn't know... I didn't really think that he would be better than Zion. Like I kind of, I liked him a little bit better than Zion just because of his card prices being so much lower. Now those card prices have gone up a little bit. So I could see people buying more. I could see people buying a lot of cards and sending them in. Um, and the, the increase in price could be the reason why I think that he isn't higher on the list. If I'm going to be completely honest, like if, if his if his cards were still around that twenty thirty dollar mark, I could see him being much higher because I could see more people buying the cards and getting them graded. So now we're on to number six, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. So I guess I mean I a lot of these I know I've said this in the past a lot of these players make sense on the list. It's just interesting to see the ranking. Um, now, Ronald Acuna Jr., I think, is another player that I would have predicted to be a little bit higher. Same with Soto. And, I mean, it maybe is a—maybe it's—the reasoning is because they're 2018, not 2019. And people have already sent in all the cards they want to get graded, or a majority. But at the same, at the same time, these are—I mean, these are the top ten, top 10 players from January. So it's not like people aren't sending these cards in. Like, these cards are still being submitted at a high enough rate that— they've made it into the top 10 of players because you think of how many players there are. These are the top 10 um, in all sports. And I know there aren't any football or hockey cards on here. It's all just baseball and basketball, which I think also kind of makes sense for just the, the hobby in general, I think is very dominated by baseball and basketball. Um, I think football collectors are 
not they're not there aren't as many of them because of because the variety isn't exactly there when you're looking at players you can collect in football. So that's why I would imagine that I would imagine that's why players on this list uh, aren't there aren't any football players. And I mean, hockey unfortunately just isn't um, isn't as popular of, of, a, of a sport in the collecting world. There are obviously hockey collectors out there, and I think it's something that I'm interested in, but it's not something that I feel like the masses are interested in. Um, so Ronald Acuna at number six, do I think, I think he maybe could be a little bit higher or he could have been if people had said more stuff in, but I also think that similar with, uh, similar with John Morant, that his cards have gone up a little bit in price and I know it's the off season. So I feel like that's why you're seeing a lot of baseball players on this list because during the off season is when a lot of people get cards graded for, um, basketball, it's like mid-season. So, like, if you wanted to, if you wanted to get these cards graded mid-season and get them back, still through the mid of the season, kind of depends on what, um, which service you choose, like how many days. But like with baseball, it makes that's probably the reason why there's so many baseball players on this list. So now we get into the top five. At number five, we have Pete Alonso. So Pete Alonso, I think, needs to he is similar to, I don't know and I, this is kind of a question that I had about on his like I made a couple of posts about him and I've kind of don't know what to think about him because he's a little bit older as a second year player like he's very similar to Aaron Judge in the way that <clears throat> he's like he was an older prospect and then he was a rookie and he broke the rookie record for home runs uh and I mean he plays in New York so I mean that's obviously a good comparison but We'll see how he does this year. And I think I'm I'm a little bit surprised that Alonzo is this high on the list. Um, just because, like, I, I'm also surprised. So someone that didn't make this list was Eloy Jimenez. Uh, basically, I would say he's the fourth rookie from that 2019 class. So this makes sense. And actually, the way that these cards for baseball line up, it's, a, it's actually how I would rank the players. Like, if you're looking at the two 2018 players, I'd say Acuna number one, Soto number two. I'd say that's pretty accurate. And then, uh, so I'll move on to the next one. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was number four on this list. Now, if you're um, if you're playing the uh, what's the, I don't know what's the game where it's like you pick uh, whatever. If you're if you're playing at home and you said you heard me say that there I thought there were three rookies from 2019 that I really liked and you heard Pete Alonso was number 5 and then number 4 was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think you can uh, guess who the next prospect or the, who the next player that I'm going to say is but I'll get into Vladimir Guerrero so I think he's another player that I do really like that I would I want him to do I mean the Blue Jays system is Probably one of the best young groups of rookies. Not they're not rookies anymore, but what, best young group of players uh, in the majors. I think if you were to rank them, like at least three. Like if you're saying top three, because I'm sure there's probably more depth in other places. But Vladimir Guerrero is obviously at the top of that list. I think Bo Bichette has a real good shot at kind of leapfrogging Vladimir Guerrero as most popular um, Blue Jay in that system. I th also think Kevin Biggio is kind of underrated. So. That's what I think about that Blue Jay system. But so Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I think um, he's number, f I mean, number four on the list. I think 
like I said, I'm not super surprised to see how many baseball players are on this list because it's the off season. Um, I, I'm also not surprised because in January is like right before spring training. So like everybody is sending in their, in their cards to get graded right before the season starts. So that's probably a reason. I also just think that people are grading baseball because there's more variety of players. Like you you're seeing like five like half of the list is baseball players which is pretty pretty good and i'm pretty excited about that because baseball baseball is an inter- in is in an interesting spot like i've said in the past in other episodes like it's one of, it's basically the sport that got me back into card collecting so it does have a place like in my heart where i want it to succeed and i think they are messing up right now by not capitalizing on their talent so Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think is somebody that he has like a his I mean the fact that his dad is Vlad Guerrero like obviously that's awesome but I think they need to figure out a way to play off that a little bit more like they need to figure out how to like get the old Vladimir Guerrero fans to be fans of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. which I don't think is going to be that tough but it's just something that maybe they need to try a little bit harder. Now, number 3, we have Fernando Tatis. So Tatis is one of my favorite players in the league right now, at least from a young from a young player perspective. I think he's flashy. I think he has he he got hurt last year, so that was unfortunate. But if he hadn't gotten hurt, even though Pete Alonso broke the rookie record, I think he had a real shot at winning the winning the NL Rookie of the Year. So from that perspective, I mean, I think there isn't really much to say about number three with with Tatis. I mean, he's one of my favorites, and I think I've seen kind of more people talk about Tatis a little bit a little bit more this off season, uh, posting about like his cards. I do have, I think, one or two of his cards. I wish I had bought more. Or, excuse me, bought. I always say bought. It's not bought. It's bought. I wish I had bought more of his cards this off season. Uh, but I didn't really have the chance, and I wish I have one of. I think, like I said, I think I have two of them, and I wish I had sent them in for grading. The thing about his car, his like rookie card, is like series two is like it's horizontal, which I'm not a huge fan of. But I think they used a nice picture for him, so I think that kind of makes up for it a little bit. Now the top two. Now I think I, at this point you probably know who I'm going to be talking about here. Top two are Luka Doncic. Or- Sorry, in a different order. I'll just do it in order. Number two is Zion Williamson, and then number one is Luka Doncic. Over the past, I mean, year since Luka has been a rookie, like his PSA numbers, like if you look at his like population reports of basically all of his cards, they're absolutely insane. Like I think he has, I mean, last time I checked, he had over, I think it was 1,100 PSA 10 silvers. Um, I know he had over like 6,000 base PSA 10s. And the price of those cards keep going up, and I still can't figure that out exactly. Um, I understand like he's like super, he's like one of the best players in the league, but like I just can't figure out why so many like, there's so many of his cards, and the prices are still still so crazy. And I think that speaks more to the hobby and how much money is in it right now, because like the fact that people are still buying the cards at like around two fifty, two thirty, like speaks to like the um, people people coming in or like just how much money or maybe it could even be how much money people are moving around. I think I talked about this kind of in the in a past episode, but uh, back to, so Zion Williamson at number two. Now, I'm not super surprised, but I think that also kind of says how many 
Prism cards were sent in, just because if Zion is number two on this list, and you look at all some of the other names, and you look how popular they are, they are, and how many cards they have, you think I don't know how many people, I don't know how many cards of which set were sent in. And I don't think they have an exact, I don't think they have a uh, count that way, but. I would imagine a lot of them are going to be like Prism or I would say maybe some Don Russ, but like Optic hasn't come out and that's another one that people like getting graded. Um, I mean, I guess this year they did have Prism Draft as well. So like that's another card that people could send in for grading. But I don't, I just think, I mean, I think people like the regular Prism better. So I think that's probably, that probably got sent in more, but it just speaks to how much how much graded Zion is going to be coming back. Like, and that's why I'm, that's why I wouldn't, I don't think I'll be buying Zion anytime soon. Like if ever, just because of the pricing, like, sure, I guess like the pricing could go up from where it is, but like at the price point it's at now, I don't think that I'm, I, I don't even, I can't even afford it. So it's like not even really an option for me, I guess like the, like the base cards I can afford, but a graded card is not even something that I would, not even something I could afford. So like, that's not something I'll be buying. Uh, so at number one, I mean, Luca, I wouldn't, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Um, I think, I think you'll probably see him top the list for the next, for a, a while. Um, maybe for another year or two. And then, I mean, honestly, at that point, I just don't know how much more, and it could just be people are getting second and third year, or well, second year, because it'd be second, but it could be second year Luca stuff people are getting graded, like silvers or colored Luca. but I just don't know, like, how much more stuff could people have to send in for Luca? Like, how much more could people, how many more Luca cards can get graded before it's like, all of the how many like how many more Luca cards there, could there be? It just doesn't make any sense, and that's and that, I think like the Lucas and the um, Zion numbers being so high speaks to the amount of people who immediately are getting cards graded, like they're pulling the cards and they are getting they're sending them to PSA or BGS right away. Like they're not even they're not even trying to sell them raw because like if if they sell it if they sell it, if I think a nines are sometimes the same prices as raw. I think raw probably is a little bit more, but like I think the the risk is there if you can send in a nine and it's, or if you can send in a card and it's in con good condition and you get you get a 10. I mean, for Zion, last time I checked, they were around 400, but like the base cards are like about 180 uh, or 90 right now. So you look and you say, well, that's, I mean, it's a risk, but it's also a risk that is also affected by human, um, by human. So like gambling in a sense, like if you're buying boxes of cards and you're immediately, you immediately know what, if you got your value back or not. Uh, you can immediately look at the card on eBay and say, well, this card is worth X. I paid X for the box. I either got money or I lost money. It's similar with grading cards, uh, but also not at the same time. I mean, it's similar in the fact that like, if you get it, if you send it in for grading and you get a 10, you're making more money than you spent or you're, you're making more um, money on the card that then you bought it for. But at the same time, if you get a nine, then it's kind of like opening a, a National Treasures box and getting like a Trey Young versus getting like a random guy who like isn't a rookie or like a ran just a random player who like isn't really that good. It's similar in the sense that 
PSA 9s are not super valuable. Like, if you're a collector, PSA 9s are perfectly fine, and I don't want to disparage people from buying PSA 9s if they like the card, because, like, I'm sure... Like, if, if you're buying raw Lucas or raw uh, Trey Youngs, I think you're looking at a card that probably is a 9, because if someone hasn't sent it in after they pulled it, there's a reason why they haven't sent it in. So that's one thing that I would say if you're buying the raw cards and if you're just collecting PSA nines are totally fine. Like it's not even like sure PSA 10 is nice and you know, you're getting the best quality of the card, but like who cares? I don't know. I mean, if you're buy, if you're just collecting them, just you can buy a PSA nine, you're going to save some money too, because the tens, the different, the, the difference between a 10 and a nine is pretty significant. So uh, that's going to be it uh, for the episode today. If you want to go to my Instagram, you can find all the links for everywhere else you can find me. TikTok. We're almost on TikTok. We almost have as many followers as we do on Instagram. So that's pretty insane. Um, had some decent videos the past few days, trying to get some baseball stuff up there, trying to kind of mix in everything that I can. Uh, that's pretty much it for the episode. I think you can go to the go to the link in my bio. You'll find all the links to everything. Um, everything in there. There's merch store, LinkedIn, uh, all that good stuff. That's going to be it. I will see everybody in the next one. Thanks for listening.